good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another V Helm episode edition of V Podcast. I'll be the host of this year's podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. I mean, Z Ted Smith actually up in the left hand corner, taking the first spot tonight. Well, I can't introduce him first. Down below, guess my name is Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Boys, we got billionaire hot boy summer on our hands. We got Bill Gates single. Our boy Jeff Bezos out there cruising the clubs. It's going to be a wild one. I'm pumped. All right. Now up there in the corner, in the, in the hot spot, Matt Kama, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Flip hadn't considered uh, the billionaire beach boy summer coming up here, but yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Hot boy summer. I don't know if it's just the billionaires. I mean, I think for what I could tell this weekend, people are just ready to be outside. Yeah, Ted, you're out there too, man. I hear you. (laughs) I saw you Saturday. We were down in the sculpture garden, popped into Buckley's. Went down. That's uh, what I'm saying. It's just that it's hot boy summer. I mean, I feel like people are going to be out there getting it. That's my point. Yeah. I went down to King street for a little bit, posted up outside before the Sounders match. I mean, it was awesome, man. I mean, outside table, day beers, just chirping people, and you can imagine how much fun I was having. Dude, yeah. I, I can't believe that goal getting called back in the Sounders. I thought that was in until seeing, like, the slow, slow replay. I mean, it looked good. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I, I did not make it physically into the match. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a ticket? Uh, Sort of. Like, like, my ticket fell through, and then my buddy was like, oh, I'll get you one. And I, I completely – I'd been up watching Indy and – already kind of racing beers and kind of completely forgot. And he's like, we got to go in now. And I was like, oh, my tab's still open. He's like, all right, we'll, we'll see you later. I was like, yeah, oh. just forget about me, man. Just let me crumple. I think that's exactly what I said. You know, like, I just know well enough. that's like, there's a sh- certain emergency, uh, like, you know, we should pull for the emergency shoot. It's like we are, we are fastly approaching that time. Dude, that's, yeah, I feel like people get, like, really, like, bent out of shape, like, trying to, like, coordinate and time stuff with me. And I'm just like, dude, it's okay, man. Just, like, leave me for dead. I'm having a good time. I don't care about the concert. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. We were on this outside table. Like, it was just funny. Like, literally, this cool classic car pulls up right in front. And we're like, who is this? Like, who's driving this whip? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then it hops out and it's Troy, the owner. We're like, Troy! What's going on? <laughs> and friends kept coming by. I ran to like Thorpe and Keith and everybody. Nice. And ran into the Gruber for a minute. I mean, it was just prime time pregame Ted Smith, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that's, you know, that's fish and water type stuff. I mean, that's that's you and your element. I, I wouldn't even at that point, you know, I, I think it makes more sense for you to have a ticket to that than to the game, frankly. Like, that's where you thrive. That's your game day. That's your field. <laughs> right and to be honest with you i kind of planned out my day a little different and then my buddy hit me up he's like i'm getting down there early and i was like all right i'll take two hours off shower up i'll meet you down there it's like this nap's not getting done we're gonna fight through <laughs> dude the oprah winfrey power nap man 20 minutes that's my move then i can just spring back to life like a i don't know what springs back to life a phoenix rising from the ashes yeah and you're right and i trust me i had you in mind like i laid on my couch and just like just chill out for like you know, a little bit longer, but I was, I was also teetering on like, man, I'm a little scared. If I fall asleep, I'm going to be asleep for a minute. Dude. That's why I set that 20 minute timer. Anything beyond that, you enter a brack cycle, you're down for an hour and a half, possibly longer. I just 20 minutes shout out Oprah Winifrey. I'm back ready to rock. <laughs> uh, all right. Did you guys watch any of the Indy 500? No, nope. All right. I, I mean, I'm that's the brickyard, right? Yes. Okay, cool. The Brickyard, and they had almost 140,000 people there. Wow. Oh, my God. Like, have you seen the size of that facility? I know those tracks are massive, and I'm pretty sure people in Indiana don't care about COVID anymore. So I'm not surprised, especially with those, Ted, with those videos that our mutual friend was sending us of uh, he was at a concert in Florida on stage, and it was just 
I mean, it looked pre-pandemic level EDM concert. We're talking about thousands of people, not a mask in sight, just breathing, sweating on each other. I mean, in everywhere except uh, the two corners of the country, I think it's over. Let me put this into perspective for you, right? This is just the infield, right? So the inside of the track can fit the Rose Bowl, Churchill Downs, the Roman Coliseum, the White House, Liberty Island, where the Statue of Liberty is, the Taj Mahal, Vatican City, and Yankee Stadium. They could all physically fit just on the infield of this facility. And Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Right? I mean, that gets you a little perspective of like, that thing is massive. Wow. And the stands are huge too. I mean, you always see those like, you know, videos of them just scrolling up the stands looking for like crazy people to put on video. And it's, yeah, they're huge. That's cool, man. That seems like um, the Super Bowl of motor racing events, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I believe they call it like the greatest spectacle in auto racing. So I, I was trying that. to get all the terms down. And I really didn't care, but there's a guy I follow uh, from Barstool. Joey, what's his name? Mold- Moldonado. He does like a lot of impressions of like college coaches and sports announcers, but he's from Indy. So he's been hyping it up for like a month. And I was like, all right, you got me. I mean, watching F1 helps get into open wheel racing, but I'm like, oh man, that looks so much fun. Plus, you get to bring in your own cooler. Ted, I think wow. Joe Maldonado is the Tiger King. That's Joe Exotic's real name. All right. So I'm screwing up his name. Is that the guy that does the Mel Kuiper? He does Mel Kuiper. He does like, uh, I mean, he does a bunch of people. Hmm, I'm trying to find him. Yeah, no, it's all Joe Exotic related stuff. Oh, dude. Molinero, M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O. Okay, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, he started doing impressions like a year ago, then Barstool hired him. But he's he's all about that indie because he's from there. I'm just like, all right. I mean, I even tweeted at him like, I blame you for my love of this race. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But either way, I recommend people watch it. I thought it was pretty cool. I might start watching more IndyCar. I got to add some more sports to the lineup. It's not an, never enough going on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sports, did you see what's happened in the NBA the last few days with fans on the court? Ted, I always feel so bad about these things because, I, you know, I don't watch TV. And so I always feel like I let you down. But I do watch YouTube, like old highlights and stuff. So I know like just enough to like mess up whatever segment you're trying to do. No, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I mean, like you're on the Internet. Have you not seen anything about people throwing water bottles and dumping popcorn on people at the games? Yeah. And then yesterday, somebody like literally ran onto the court. And it's just like it's this whole discussion now where it's like. Are, are people like losing their minds because we've been locked inside for a year? Dude, animal spirits definitely prevail. And that's what I was alluding to in uh, the little intro um, when we were talking about how it's going to be hot boy summer. It's uh, people are just, you know, like it, it's feeling primal out there. People have primal urges and desires and they've just, they've been cooped up. Like people don't know how to be in public anymore. I had a guy honk at me yesterday, freaking out. Cause I was driving like, you know, maybe two miles per hour before the, below the speed limit, maybe a little more. I don't know. And uh, he's just losing his mind. And it's like, yeah, dude, I think people are just, you know, people have been cooped up. They're like in a frenzy. You see it in the housing uh, stuff that's going on in the housing world. You see it in the fear and panic about the market and about hyperinflation and the vitriol and hatred with the political arena. Yes, I people are hyped up and it's going to be a wild summer, but that's not all negative. I think... You in particular, it's going to be positive. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing, too, is people have been cooped up for a year, just kind of talking with people that always agree with them. And everybody's gotten so, like, angry. And so it's like, mm-hmm. man, you're at a professional event. Like, you don't need to dump popcorn on a dude coming off for an injury. And, like, you're chucking water bottles. It's just like, first of all, it's unfair. If those athletes come into the stands, then everybody gets on them. But it's like, well, I mean – do you understand the size of these dudes? Like they're NBA players. The smaller ones are massive. Like you really think you're going to stand there and let them hit you? 
Exactly. That's like the Detroit Pistons, the uh, the malice at the palace, I want to say it was called eventually. Do you remember that, though? Yeah. 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 When Metal World Peace went into the uh, the stands, started slugging people in the face. (laughs) That was wild. And but you see, like, not only are those guys huge, they are professional athletes. And as much as people sitting on the couch in their 30s and 40s want to feel like they could take someone in a UFC fight or hold their own swing in a baseball in the major leagues, the fact of the matter is no way in hell. That's why that pros versus Joe's show was so genius is because it just, I mean, even like the best high school players in the country just get absolutely embarrassed by by NBA players. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. No one can hold their own. If that athlete does anything, then it's like a huge athletes are held to so much higher of a standard it's unfair and people's animal spirits may push somebody over the edge this summer. Yeah. But I mean that, right. That's the other thing too, is like they're held to a different standard. And also just like, you know, like they're not just like animals in a cage, like they're professional athletes. Like one coach put it best. You just like respect the sport. Like, you know what I mean? It's bigger than you. And if you can't handle it, maybe you shouldn't be there. Said, Dude, I feel bad because I do this too. I'm, I'm like hypocritical regularly. And I just, as you were saying that, I flashed back to you and I leaning over the edge at the Sounder Stadium at your, where your um, uh, ticket was that day is right where the other team warms up. And we're just like, boo, boo <laughs> at all those players. And don't, don't say you don't know what I'm talking about. Man. No, I do. But I, I mean, I've made this point countless times on this podcast. Like, I have no issue with booing people. Like, give yeah, the other same. a bunch of crap. But, like, when you're in the stands, A, watch your language a little bit because there's probably kids around. And then B is, like, don't throw anything on a field. That's, I think, the physical barrier is the big one for me. I think it's one thing to say something to someone, and as soon as you touch them or throw something at them or whatever, total game changer, line's been crossed. Yeah, and basketball is just different because I feel like you're just so much closer to the court. Like, in football and stuff, like, you got to be up – I mean – it just separated different. And yeah. trust me, for our ticket section, we always harass the crap out of the other team warming up. And we have had somebody go in, score a goal, and like walk right over to us and just start pointing us out. Like, that one is for you, you, and you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hope that wasn't when Wayne Rooney came to town and just hung three on us in the second half. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah. Also golf. Now, uh, the other day, didn't that guy go like, that's why I think Rory McIlroy was like, that's why you're on that side of the fence and I'm on this side of the fence or the little tape that they put up. Matt, you would know. Yeah. Billy Horschel said it, I believe, but yeah. Uh, someone said something. He's like, yeah, there's a reason I'm on this side of the ropes and you're on that one and just kept walking, which is like, good. I'm not a big Billy Horschel fan, but that was an awesome moment. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's Dude. Not just sporting events. Like, have you seen the stuff going on on planes? Like, seriously, I think people are losing their damn minds. What's going on on planes? Oh boy. Like, people getting into fights. Like, uh, uh, Southwest and American just banned alcohol and coach because some lady was like beating on a flight attendant from Southwest last week. Oh. And I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> Dude, I see what you're saying. I, I, I misinterpreted what your original premise was. So you're saying that because people have been trapped with people who agree with them with virtually no consequences, that now they're like way rowdier and way more overly aggressive. Like it's what I've always said about the difference between the Boston bar scene and the Seattle bar scene. In Boston, if you're running your mouth, some guy's just going to go, all right, let's take it outside. And it's just a matter of fact thing. It's not even really emotion based. Like, okay, let's take it outside. They walk outside. Somebody gets their their butt kicked, and it's over. And in Seattle, I've seen like you know these like five foot one guys just going on and on and on, and everybody's annoyed, but nobody does anything about it. And it just you know because they get away with it, it continues. And I I totally see what you're saying that now because people have been in there, like they've been the master of their little domains at home that now they're just, they're emboldened and they're going to make some big mistakes this summer. Definitely agree. (laughs) And and all of a sudden everybody's got all this energy to be like, I don't care. Like I'll make a scene. Like I'll call, like I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, why are you so angry? Like, calm down. Like you don't want to wear a mask into a place. Don't wear a mask. I don't care. But if you just wear it around your chin, he's like, wow, that guy told me to put a mask on. Like he's doing his job, man. Like, it's not yeah. some massive power struggle about your manhood. 
It's not the like, 15th yet. <laughs> right. Or just like I said, like, don't go to that place. Like, Seriously. Like you got to respect the establishment, you know? Yeah. And like half the time, the dude telling you or woman, she probably agrees with you, but like, Hey, look, they work for a giant company. They say you got to wear the mask in the store. Wear the mask in the store. Dude, now that you say this, you actually might be onto something early because we had those big protests last summer, obviously. And if a lot of people are feeling that sort of, uh, I don't know what the right word is for it. It's not disenfranchisement, but that, you know, false sense of security and power and righteousness. Um, you did see it a little bit with the masks and the, uh, man, how do we stay apolitical? Some of the flags and things and some of the protests and counter protests last summer, dude, we could have said that we there, we could be setting the scene for a way crazier summer of protests. I didn't even think about that and sports sporting events. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see as much as that happening just because of how crazy that's the thing too. People should chill out. Remember where we were last summer. You had all these protests going on. We still were like, had no idea what, I mean, we knew was we'd already shut down, but like COVID was like going crazy. I was like, people should just be happy to be out and chill out. But yeah, you see the stuff on planes and everything. And our good buddy, George, I forget, but there's like different levels of aggression and some of this stuff is just like the lowest level, like, oh, somebody slighted you or stepped on your shoe or, you know what I mean? I mean, like, look, I'm getting on some planes this week and I'm already kind of dreading it. Like, ah, oh, I hope I don't have any idiots and have to like miss a flight because somebody, you know, like, like, what are we doing? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what there is to say, except that people are feeling rowdy and I, you know what? You're right. Maybe we won't see bigger protests, but I bet we will see some wild events. And actually, sadly, we've seen a couple mass shootings in the last week and maybe that's even related, but I will say overall, I, I think we tend to focus on the little negative things like that, that are annoying, whatever, cause they get a lot of press coverage, but I will say overall, I think the human species, all things on balance is trending up and to the right. I think it's, you know, a lot of people who generally speaking are trying to do their best with what they know. And we do, we have had some major miracles come out in our lifetime, like the internet for one. So I think overall things are getting better, but it feels from our perceptive vantage point, like they're getting worse or crazier. Yeah. And like, look, I did it on Sunday, right? I was BSing with some dudes who I didn't know. <laughs> like They said something and I kept, and then finally I looked at the one dude. I was like, I am just messing with you. Like I am not. And he's like, all right, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you headbutted someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did on Sunday, man. He had a headbutt coming. He's running his mouth. Little bitch. Well, I already had a few drinks, and these guys, like, they said something, and I was, and they were like, ah, something about the military. And I was like, you two are in the military. Get out of here. But they just, I don't know, you just know that look. And they were like, yeah. And yeah, we went back and forth a few times. And then I was like, dude, I'm just giving you a hard time. Like, and they were like, all right, all right. So then they go in the bar and they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, I see. You just posted up out here by the door chirping people. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but there was there was legit like 30 seconds where in my head I was like, oh, man, is this guy going to punch me? Like, oh, there's some tension. Yeah, just like uh, I've been inside. I'm just having some fun. <laughs> but I was able to recognize it. Whereas I, I see some of the stuff going on. I'm just like, damn, people, come on. Like, grow up a little bit. See, that's what I'm saying, Ted. Even you're out there just like, you know, just running your mouth just a little more than usual. Some a little extra salt on there. <laughs> All right. So when you drop me off Saturday, like you drive off and then there, there's like this girl start. I hear her talking. To, basically, there's a group of like uh, Indian dudes, right? And then they walk off and she's like Asian descent. And she's like, man, those guys are going to have fun. I was like, All right. And she's like, well, whenever you see a group of black or brown people, you know, they're going to have fun. And I was like, all right. And then I couldn't help myself. Finally, I just go. So if it was just me and two other white guys, we couldn't have fun. She's like, well, no, like, it's not the same fun. And I was like, I don't know, man, I got some fun friends. And then she's like, well, don't you guys have enough? And I was like, that's ah, a different conversation now. <laughs> right? yeah like, seriously i don't think having fun has to be exclusive to one group or whatever and then finally she's like are you from here and i was like oh, i grew up in dc but i've been here 16 years she was like all right so you know how it's like relax like i'm just messing with you i get your point <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah people are getting very like uh gatekeepery about things like that these days 
Yeah, but I was just like, well, I'm not going to let just let this go. I got to say something. <laughs> <laughs> then when she walked me back into the bar, I was like, see, we're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know there are some. Yeah, that I feel like is endemic of like a larger trend right now that is kind of like a a, a weird, uh, you know, cross vibe through our culture. But I think it'll be, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah, and look, she was just drunk, having fun. I think she just didn't expect me to be like, "Oh, you only got many fun." Yeah, got to stick to your guns there. All right, uh, the last thing I'll touch on, and we got to take a break here. Pizza news, boys. Big pizza. So, I, uh, you guys like thin crust, thin crust pizza? Yes, I like all pizza. <laughs> all right. So I do like that Domino's, like the square cut, thin, thin crust one. Mm-hmm. So in the mid-90s, Pizza Hut had a version called The Edge. It's back. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow, Ted. Honestly, the most shocking part of that to me is that you're a Pizza Hut guy. I, I feel like people typically go with whatever their primary was. One woman was there a kid. Their primary pizza place was when they were a kid. But I feel like over the years, Domino's and uh, what's the other guy? Papa John's, uh, Big Papa John Schnatter have been slowly winning out. So Pizza Hut is your favorite of the three? Whoa. Is that what oh, I'm to believe? Wow. I wouldn't say that. Or what's, which one's your top dog? What? Ooh. <laughs> of, of those three. Of those three. That's a tough question, man. I feel like Domino's probably gets ordered more often just because Domino's is open late and she's there for you. But I do thoroughly enjoy, I think Pizza Hut has better wings and then Papa John, you know, probably just pizza, Papa John's. I just haven't had Papa John's in forever. Probably like a year. Dude, here's a controversial opinion for you. I feel like I'm one of the only people in America on this bandwagon. I actually prefer the old Domino's to the new one. Yeah, so I was talking to Mike, but I am fired up for this pizza pizza. But I'm like, I, the thing is at Domino's, I rarely get their like regular pizza. I either get the thin crust or that medium like uh, pan pizza. Mm, I got you. Wait, so what's the deal with the edge? I vaguely remember it from my childhood. It was like around the same time as the Bigfoot pizza, I believe, at Little Caesars. Right. So it's kind of like I think Pizza Hut probably has better crust. So it's basically the same thing as the Domino's one. I'm just I'm just excited. I'm like, ooh, a couple weeks from now, I'm gonna order that one Saturday. Dude, I think that's fair. Better crust, worse cheese. The Pizza Hut cheese, people either love it or hate it. I can't can't deal with that cheese. So I'm curious over here, Cobb, most business-minded of the three. A couple months ago, Papa John's came storming into the stuffed crust game. Yeah. And that was Pizza Hut's claim to superiority, as far as I was concerned. Like, yeah, the other places are good, but they don't have stuffed crust. Papa John's is doing stuffed crust better than Pizza Hut. I'll say that. So I'm wondering if Pizza Hut saw a dip of stuffed crust sales and was like, oh, we got to bring the edge back. There's layers to this one. I would say that one, I, I think they probably didn't see a dip in sales, but I think executives at various companies, they watch their competition so closely that they have this like perceived dip in sales where they see that and they're like, oh, we got to make a move as fast as we can. So they kind of go into a panic mode. So it's likely that the two were related. However, I don't think the correlation was because of a dip in sales would be my guess. Okay. And then as far as the, um, as far as the stuffed crust itself, you know, the only real competitor for a long time was the sauce stuffed crust that Freshetta brought to the game, which honestly I was a fan of. Had a little bit of spice in there, whatever. So I've had two of the Papa John's crusts and stuffed crusts. And honestly, do you guys remember Papa John Schnatter when he did that interview? He had eaten 40 pizzas, he was sweating, and he said, <laughs> and I quote, the reckoning is coming. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Yeah. Okay. Well, the main thrust at that point of his speech was that. He had been ousted, obviously, for some really uh, outdated and controversial views and opinions. Um, But uh, the main thrust was that they had changed their ingredients and that the pizza wasn't as high quality, which is why he had tried 40 pizzas or whatever. And weirdly, I, I hate to even say this because I disagree with him on almost every political and fundamental issue about how to employ people. But I think he might be right. 
I actually think that the quality of Papa John's may be sliding downhill. Now, maybe I just had a weird two off experience and it was the one in Austin, Texas, but I don't know, man. Like it seemed like a conspiracy theory at the time, but I do think they're doing something to cut costs. So, you know, if ever there was a time to flip me to team pizza hut and the edge pizza, it would be this summer. All right. I got one more question for you. Why does it seem like they all come out with the same stuff all the time? Like Domino's has always had their thin crust that's square, but then like little Caesars just reintroduced a square pizza. And then pizza hut's like, we're bringing back ours. And it seems like the same thing ha- happened with like chicken sandwiches. All of a sudden, everybody's like, we need a real chicken sandwich. Like, is there like one firm that's like, hey, we're advising a lot of people to do this? Dude, I think it's the original. So now this term obviously has been co-opted, but the Me Too syndrome of like, oh, they're doing that. I need to do it too. And you see the core, like four or five companies in a segment typically more or less move together. There's this whole book about it that basically says that they want to be... Um, differentiated from each other, but only slightly because they're worried about what the other people are doing that they're not doing. In fact, so you guys know I have a popcorn shop. Today, I photographed four different companies. So our popcorn shop's bags are pink um, and they're like notoriously, you know, bright pink, like a metallic pink that really stands out. Today, I photographed four other popcorn companies in stores with pink bags and in the, for the first time. And I was just like, hmm, Okay. They've heard sales are good, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, I I think, uh, nothing sacred and people really try to copy each other. If they run out of ideas, there's very few original ideas and, you know, people emulate what works typically speaking, but that's what makes a company like Cirque du Soleil. So impressive is they, there's a book called blue ocean strategy that talks about how they basically do their own thing. And because of that, they're very difficult to clone. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of part and parcel to any industry. You could look at it with airlines, soda, um, you know, everyone releasing a diet soda, beer, everyone releasing an IPA or a blonde or whatever, and pizza. Or a What's seltzer. Up, oh, yeah. Dude, a hard seltzer is the perfect example. If you go look, I swear to you, this sounds crazy. If you go look at the Truly box and the White Claw box, I believe, they are like exact replicas of each other with like a small, like, uh, like a tiny graphic differences. And it's because like, Hey, let's just copy what's working. We have no ideas of our own. They're crushing this category and they try to just muddy the waters. And now Topo Chico is out with theirs, which is a Coca-Cola product. And it looks very, very similar. And just the branding is just like almost exactly the same. It's, it's crazy. And so, you know, they just, they clone what works, man. Look at, um, tough mutter and Spartan race. People yeah. don't even remember which one came first. I don't. Tough mother. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Right. They went bankrupt. It got bought by Spartan Race, actually. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and read some emails. <laughs> all right, welcome back. Thanks to our uh, sponsors, as always. And, uh, Cobb, I think it's time to read all those emails. <laughs> All right, we got a big number one, one total email this week, which means if you're listening at home, you can't email us. And we will read it. Uh, <laughs> boys, I'm on my way back. Howdy, fellas, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. I haven't checked in a while. It's the old dude Stan stuck in Minneapolis. A couple of fun life moments I would like to share. A humble dad brag, if you will. The wife and I flew out to Findlay, Ohio to surprise our son on senior day for his final home soccer match. We've watched him play since he was four and watched him cap off playing four years of college soccer was a great moment. Three weeks later, it's graduation time. Our son is going for a doctor in physical therapy. Uh, so this was one step closer for him getting his bachelor's. I really didn't think about it at the time uh, because I know he has two more years on the PT program. This was a major life event for most of his friends and teammates. It was fun celebrating with the families. I got to say it. Some of the moms could not hold their liquor like when they were younger. The next day, watching the teammates and classmates say goodbye to each other as they loaded up cars and headed to their hometown. Definitely a weekend full of emotions. Now for the best update of this email. Uh, Email title may have given it away, but Cobb rarely reads them. Ouch, but true. Uh, (laughs) Assuming you read this on Tuesday, June 1st, I can say this is my last full day in Minneapolis. Ooh. Wednesday, I wrap things up and start heading west. 
I accepted a regional manager position for a casual dining concept and will be based in Seattle. The day I received the offer letter, I sent my wife an email with only a web link. The link was to Daughtry's I'm Coming Home music video. She called me about one note into the song, crying, and asked if this was real. I said yes and gave her all the details. It's been over 18 months. We've been living apart. Good thing nothing has really happened in the world the last 18 months. I must say I have a lot of respect for military families that have a loved one gone on deployment. We uh, uh, definitely have a respect for what military families go through. Yeah, solid. Well, get, welcome back to the Northwest. Yeah. Woo! Hell yeah, Stan. That's dope, man. Pumped, pumped on the big life event too that's cool that your kid graduated yeah congrats um, that's awesome yeah and that's my great new it's all the game oh yeah definitely that's like a memory for a lifetime and i feel like all those moms you know it's like a college mom's weekend like they just go off they just get get white girl wasted uh uh, uh, my new position will cover at least five states, so I'll have plenty of time to check uh, check into the greatest podcast in all the land. All the, all land. the land. I have said it in the past, however, it bears repeating. The podcast got me through many rough days, and listening to the cast was the attitude adjustment I needed. Matt, Cobb, and Ted, thank you. Cheers, Stan. Oh, Hell yeah, you, Stan. It's awesome. Yeah, the other problem is, too, for the moms, is that like you have like your early 20s where you're kind of an idiot. And then, like, it seemed like the 30s were good. Then before you know it, you're in your 40s, and it's like, ah, I can't drink like I used to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I might be aging, like, faster than the normal person. I feel like I can't drink like I used to at all now, and I'm 34. It's tough out there, Ted. <laughs> well, that's one thing I was curious about and, and with the flights is, like, could, did people not drink, like, their alcohol tolerance – or their idea of how drunk they can get being affected from being at home. Either they weren't drinking as much or they were drinking as much, but there wasn't as many consequences. And now they're out in public with a, you know, new tolerance. I hear what you're saying. I think it's an inflated sense of self, Ted. I think it's, I think it's all of that, but I think the biggest thing is people, whatever reason now, and I don't want to blame just social media, but we've definitely like people really feel tough now. And like, mm. no, no, entitled gonna, to an opinion. Yeah. And sometimes too, is like, especially when I see people freaking out at McDonald's and like fast food joints, it's like, listen, man, like you're not a foodie. Like you're at McDonald's. Like, I don't know what kind of, like, it's a fast food joint. You know what I mean? Like they're going to screw up an order here or there. Like, I mean, fine dining restaurants do, but like everything got a staple in a blizzard one time. Yeah, everything's just force-fed to you. Like, you deserve this. You deserve better. Like, change your seat. Do this. So you're right. People are just real fired up. And, like, I'm, the booze doesn't help. But I also think if you're already in a bad mood, you start drinking booze, you're just going to be in a worse mood. If you're in a good mood, you start drinking booze, you're probably – it's like if you go into it already pretty angry, like, that's a recipe for disaster. Dude, it's part and parcel of what I was saying earlier. It's the sense of entitlement. We have it better now than any human in history has ever had it. Of course, there's always going to be problems. But if you look back at history and the, read the newspapers from then, it was the same thing. Worry about inflation, deflation, savings and loan crisis, war overseas, you know, whatever, like no employment, too much employment. Like it's always something. And frankly, like, yeah, we have so much. And if somebody messes up your order at Starbucks, like just take a moment of Zen take a step back and realize that they're brewing coffee from you from the river, the, the Amazon river Delta that costs you, you know, less than 15 minutes of your labor. Like it's insane. Yeah. All right. We'll take another break there. Then we'll come back with what's maddening and the cop topic. All right. Well, let's check in and see what's maddening. Hey, hey what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, hey what's good? What's maddening? Whoa. Check out what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's maddening? Check out what's maddening. All right. Um, that was a great line there, God. That's not going to make the edit, but damn it. Uh, I love you, man. <laughs> That's okay. That stuff always happens <laughs> off the cast. You know that. Um, all right. So uh, I've been sitting on this one. With you guys, uh, this weekend was a big one. Uh, Tyler and I went to the 420 Lounge 
in downtown Palm Springs. All right. Called 420 Bank. But it's like an old bank building that they've converted into a uh, cannabis retail site that you can also consume indoor in the place of. So Love it's it. kind of like a hookah lounge, except with weed, Cobb. And jam. they got arcade games. There's a picture of me like blasting a zombie on one of the arcade games with a gun in my hand, smoking a J Al Capone, the picture of Al Capone smoking a cigar is looking on in the background approvingly. Um, so this place is awesome. And uh, we went in there a couple weeks ago and then we saw uh, they have live music back there. And it was, it was just like exciting to see that there was shows coming up. Um, and one of them, do you guys remember that song Butterfly? Yeah, of course. Like by Crazy Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy Town was playing there on Saturday night. Uh, they now go by Crazy, Crazy Town, Town X. There's legal stuff and like there's one original member remaining. But they were playing and we decided to go and uh, check it out and see some live music for the first time uh, at a weed lounge, which was uh, just a ton of fun, man. We went in there and it was quite a collection of people. I'll say that. Um, not not a huge like overly like I'm nervous about covid like gathering. You certainly could have social distance towards the back if you wanted to. I wasn't worried about it. Um, and we had a great time, man. It was so cool to hear drums and bass like in person again. The first band, you know, I really liked a lot. They were called Crooked Trees and they were like reggae with like hip hop vocals. And man, do I love watching a good reggae rhythm section, the drums in the bass. And, uh, you know, they, they just brought it and it was, it was just like normal times and Holy shit. I can smoke inside here. Like legal. You know what I mean? It's not, I've smoked indoors at concerts a million times, but this time it was totally like above board. Yeah. Well, having lounges where you actually can smoke inside is still like pretty exciting because there's just not a ton of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many there are, to be honest. Um, or do they have any, any in Washington yet? What, indoor weed smoking? Yeah. Illegal. Illegal. So it's not even yeah, like... Very, as someone who fought the smoking ban in three counties, it is airtight legislation. I'll be, without a change to the law, it will not happen. But there may be a change to the law. Oh, just I wouldn't smoking. be surprised. I would like to see on-premises consumption. Oh, you're just I think saying- it'll happen as acceptance, uh, as smoking gains acceptance, but uh, it will require a change to the existing law to do it. That'd be my, my guess. Okay. Oh, so those laws are just against smoking in general, regardless of if it's tobacco or weed. Uh, there's actually two. So you, you, so hookah lounges are still legal uh, through a loophole that we kind of came up with, but uh, the so there's so that it, it exists under that health statute at a county level, but then it also exists under the state uh, marijuana um, like liquor control board. Uh, they have their own oh. law regarding marijuana, and then there's another statute at the. I believe it's a county level. It could be a city level that also regulates marijuana. So there's layers to it, but the the legislation surrounding smoking on the sa- in the same place you buy it is very airtight. I I would say, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they change it. It makes sense to have places where people can smoke. So I would say, you know, within the next ten years, it'd be likely to see. It makes okay. sense, I would say, to have to let people smoke on prem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, they're doing it right down there. It's right in the middle of downtown Palm Springs, so. Like I don't, I'm not in downtown Palm Springs most of the time, but when I reference this place in Palm Springs, I actually mean right there on the main drag of downtown. Um, yeah. And there's never any fights, right? Not in there. No, it was actually, I'm saying. 
I felt bad for the bands, right? Because usually the audience has some alcohol help, right? Even at a <laughs> reggae show where it's mostly <laughs> weed. You got some alcohol aiding the audience participation when you go, how y'all feeling out there? And there was just a couple times where it's like faked. Yeah. And there was one where it's like, you guys having a good time. And I mean, it was, I mean, I don't know. It's a big play. There's probably 150, 200 people in there at this point, probably spread out, but not because it was like hardly, you know, regulated or anything. Just people were having a good time playing pool or playing the giant chessboard. Um, but they, uh, they're like, you guys having a good time out there? And I stoned, but thinking that my response will get drowned out was like, yeah, like, like very, like not committed. I'm just adding to the decibels a little bit. P pretty much everybody in there could hear, could hear my response. <laughs> I mean, that is a little tough. There's a reason why, like, like comedy shows and a lot of rock shows, there's, there's a decent amount of booze around. You want people fired up and like, you're right. <laughs> bunch of people just stoned they're like why don't we just watch the show we don't have to like make a mosh pit or anything yeah yeah the couch has got a lot of use in there uh <laughs> so it was definitely a fun dynamic to see but man for me like i don't drink this was a all weed party you know it was it was awesome it was a ton of fun so shout out to 420 bank in downtown palm springs crazy town has other songs you know i would say butterfly was their worst song um, and check out Crooked Trees with a K. All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll call that good on what maddened. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm just racking my brain. Like, I've been to a lot of shows, but I don't know that I've ever been to a show where everybody was stoned, but nobody had, like, a drink. I'm like, yeah, that would be kind of quiet. Yeah, they had THC drinks. That we were drinking in cups, um, you know, so people had drinks and I'm sure some people drank alcohol before they came in. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the THC drinks made it feel like a party because everyone had the 420 bank, you know, little plastic cup. Um, and, you know, but they, don't, they went on like th three milligrams or something like I, I got up there all excited and she's like, yeah, so it's like really mellow. So you can have a few. It's like three milligrams. And I was like. You're charging me $10 for like, this doesn't have weed in it. This is just a bar like price for right. a drink to be at the party. Right. Just let's be honest. What is it? $15 for this Red Bull. Let's get them moving. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go ahead and go smoke an infused joint. That's also been rolled in Keef and like get this party started for real. But thanks for curing my cotton mouth after that. <laughs> oh man. All right. I guess it's about that time. All right. So uh, you guys are big on uh, Twitter. You've probably already seen this, but uh, yesterday, I want to say possibly the day before there was this group that was boating on Moses Lake in Washington. And uh, it's now taking the internet by storm nationwide news coverage of uh, that. This boat had a couple of pride flags up because it's obviously pride month, um, which now, I guess it's no longer, uh, it's inclusive of many different sexual orientations and, you know, genders, et cetera, um, which is cool. So I don't think it's just about like being homosexual anymore. Um, but anyway, so they had these flags up. I'm not sure exactly which ones they had up. I believe it was a rainbow flag. But anyway, this, uh, another boat on Moses Lake, which is, uh, actually, I'm going to reserve comment on the area, but uh, came and was doing circles around this boat. Uh, flipping them off, screaming at them, and uh, you know, saying some derogatory stuff. And then their boat burst into flames, and they had to jump out and swim over to the boat that they were just making fun of and be rescued. And the sheriffs had to come out and you know, basically fill their boat with water to keep it from burning and sinking. And uh, you know, it all blew up in their face. So, cop topic this week: uh, What instant karma have you seen? either in your life or on the internet, but preferably in your life. Um, sometimes it's just little small stuff that happens in your daily goings on. Other times it's, you know, massive things that took years to, uh, to happen. Um, you know, maybe uh, Papa John was right. So anyway, feel free to email us literally the word email at the podcast to We will likely read it as we had one email this week. 
what instant <laughs> karma have you seen? Hit us up. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, and I did see that video. I, so you saw that on Twitter. You didn't see anything about sports, though. I get you. I didn't actually see it on Twitter. I saw it on like a weird news site, but I saw it was from Twitter. Uh, the best one I saw was at the beach one time. And like, it's me, a bunch of dudes, like we're having fun. Like I'm still well over 300 pounds in this. Like I wasn't trying to hit on her, just, talk, just being friendly. And she just wanted none of it. It was just like rude. And then like promptly turned around, took a step in her high heel and just crumbled. And I laughed, just like pointed, laughed. She looks up and goes, you're an asshole. I was like, hey, all right. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't, that's one of those times I wanted to be like, chill out. Like, I'm not trying to hit on you. Like, it's a crowded bar. I'm just talking because we were like right near each other. Your friends are talking to my friends. But yeah, she was completely blew me off and was kind of rude about it. And then took a tumble. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, the bar makes more sense. I was when you said beach, I was picturing a girl in heels like on a sand beach. I was just like, what? Okay, yeah, the I East Coast gets down. down. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was just thinking about getting food poisoning from a fast food joint and that wasn't but that wasn't very instant it was like you know within a couple hours um and yeah i would i mean maybe it's because we were just talking about people wiling out but you know i've definitely i don't know it's tough to say with the internet you don't have enough context right like you see one person running their mouth and they get knocked out and it's like they deserved it and you know According to that 30 seconds. Yeah. And like, you know, I was just going to say how satisfying some of those world star rabbit holes have been. But, you know, <laughs> the reality is, is like, I don't really want to like make that claim because I, I don't know the full story on any of those. Yeah. Any examples from your life? Man, I've never been knocked. No, I've never been been punched like that. Um Corbin, I've never been knocked out. Oh, I mean, karma can be a yeah. bunch of different things. That yeah. one was just yeah, kind of because yeah. it was like instant karma. Yeah, I got I got one, Matt, to buy you a little bit of time. When I was, I believe, in seventh grade, uh, I went to my friend's birthday party, and he was all hyped up. And his mom pulled his cake out and he was trying to slam. He was like, I'm going to slam my face in it. And that sucks because no one else gets cake. But also, you know, we were worried about him. So pretty big dude. He ended up playing. A, he was a goal, like a six foot three goalie in college uh, soccer goalie. And uh, so we're trying to hold him back. And he's like trying to wriggle free. Finally, he breaks free from the crowd. He stiff arms someone, runs over to his cake, like rears back and then full head, head, uh, head slam, like slams his face onto the cake. You just hear like a loud thud doesn't even dent it. This was an ice cream cake that had been in the freezer overnight. Dude had a giant welt, immediate black eye, and we got to feast on cake. <laughs> Why was he going to destroy his own cake? He just, he thought it was a regular cake. He was going to like slam his face for fun. I don't know, man. We were, we were in seventh grade. It was just hilarious. Uh, and it would have been probably pretty cool, but just instant karma. It's like, no, your friends get cake and you get an ice pack on the face. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I saw this weekend where somebody got a cake for their like niece or somebody who was turning three, some age. Anyhow, it's like, I want a, a Lion King cake. She was like, make it the scene where uh, Mufasa dies. That way everybody will be too sad to eat any of the cake and I can have it all. And I was like, that's a smart kid. Dude, that's brilliant, man. Kids are like weirdly evil like that. Yeah. Like little geniuses. They don't hide who they are. I like that about them. Man. All right. I yeah, I guess this is pretty instant karma. Um just talking about like, you know, that young guy thinking he's invincible or thinking he's like slick. Um one time I uh I went we were in a hotel. And I was like, I was probably 13 at this point. So, you know, what's on my mind, exploring myself and my, my newfound capabilities as a 13 year old male and the hotel little gift shop. I, this is when I was experimenting with shoplifting and just like seeing what I could get away with. That's not what I thought was on your mind. 
Well, so they had baby oil and I was like, that seems slippery and interesting. I, I could certainly steal from this place. This was before cameras were everywhere. So I got away with it. Right. In case you're wondering, I successfully oh. shoplifted the baby oil. God, I thought that was going to be the karma moment. No, the karma moment was when my mom was like, where are you? And then could see that I had some, where were you? And then could see that I had something in my pocket and regard, she didn't know that I stole it, but she was wondering why her 13 year old just like kind of snuck out of the hotel room and came back in with a thing of baby oil in his pants. I mean, I think she knew you just don't want to have that conversation with your son. Right. Right. And I didn't give her a good deflection answer because what the hell would you come up with at that moment? Uh, It's something that I don't think about a lot that made me very uncomfortable when Cobb was telling that story. And I certainly got my karma from that shoplifting in that uncomfortable as fuck exchange with my mother. Yeah, at least. Yeah, go ahead, Ted. I feel uncomfortable just talking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least you weren't in Ted's position making eye contact with his mother from the basement while in the act. (laughs) One of my favorite Ted Smith stories. Perspective is so important. Maybe for next week. You're right. (laughs) Oh, man. Eye contact. Jesus, we're all way. I'm not in town. That was a bad segue. (laughs) Are you going back east to see your mom? No comment. Yes, I'm going back for a wedding. I will literally be with like my brother and my mom a week from today eating dinner for my 40th birthday. (laughs) I have to preemptively tell my brother, don't listen to this episode. (laughs) It's Uh, true, Chris. It's true. All right. We're going to be off for a week. Uh, Everybody enjoy the summer. Take a chill pill, but get out there and soak up that sun. Uh, two weeks from now, we'll be back, and then, yeah, we'll be back. All right, for MCTP, for Cobb, Lee Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>